0: This is Bustin' Loose Baseball with Grant and Danny. God! Interviews, analytics, and analysis on everything baseball in the nation's capital.
1: Uh, real quick, I wanted to run through some of the awards the Nats gave out in the minor leagues. at the uh, uh, This week, at, over the last uh, several days, these have kind of trickled out. This is what I saw on a. Officially, you know, some different sites. Um, Mike Rizzo, Dejan Watson, the staff involved in determining these awards. Hitter of the Year in the minor leagues, they went with Jeremy De La Rosa and James Wood. Now, first, let's talk Wood. I was really surprised to see that he got some recognition here because... Um, he for like a
0: month. What's that? He was here for like a month, right? That's,
1: that's what I'm saying. He yeah. played in 21 games and about 90 plate appearances had an 830 ops, was very impactful. Couple of home runs, eight doubles. Uh, I saw a couple of his extra base hits in Fredericksburg. The guy's the real deal. I mean, he's got a chance to be a star. Um, but you're comping him to a guy in, in De La Rosa who you know played in 100 games and, and 450 plate appearances that we could talk about in a second. But there's no doubt they're excited about what James Wood was able to do after coming over from the Padres
0: and uh, celebrating that. Skill set is beyond sexy. I mean, A guy that can move that gracefully, that quickly, with that kind of power, nice fluid short swing, which he's, you know, since dramatically improved over the last couple of seasons, sky's the limit for that guy. Uh, Jeremy De La Rosa
1: was their organizational player of the year as a guy who's been here all season, been in the system now. Last year, struggled in Fredericksburg, repeated the level beginning of this year, was fantastic in A ball there, so they bumped him up to A-plus. Left-handed bat, about 5'11". Uh, he is an outfielder who is a good athlete. I, I think he can play the field pretty decently. I like the way he runs on on the base paths. He's 20 years old, native of the Dominican Republic. For the season this year, the 20-year-old played in 100 games, 11 home runs, and just under 70 runs batted in. Most of those homers came early in the year, cooled off from a power standpoint as the year went. Hit 280 with a OPS just under 800. Uh, he will repeat the A-plus level, presumably, at the beginning of next year. He hit just 195 in 32 games after getting bumped up to A-plus, had a 544 OPS, really struggled. But he had a 900 ops and a 315 average with 10 homers in 69 games before uh, getting moved up from Fredericksburg. So it's kind of a tale of, of two years. Mostly played at Fred, you know, then went to and struggled at Wilmington. And we'll see if he can do the same thing next year he did this year, where... You know, you, you didn't have a whole lot of success at a level, so they start you there, and now Can you graduate? Yeah, you master it. But his age needs to be remembered. I mean, I keep saying he's 20 years old, um, but when you're 20 and an A-plus, you're young for the level. Uh, when you're 19 last year and you're in Fredericksburg, you are young for the level. So that's why I'm really, really still comfortable and confident in him eventually being a good big leaguer. Uh, you look at the speed. He had 39 steals this year in the minors and 46 tries. 26 in Fred, and then 13 more in Wilmington and 15 tries. So this is a guy who can hit the ball over the fence occasionally. I think it's a lot of doubles, stolen bases, can play the outfield. If he can be a contact hitter, hit for some average, you know, he could turn himself into a really good prospect, and he already sp- turned a corner this year in a way that I don't think a lot of people outside of the organization
0: anticipate. Yeah, the speed is the thing that kind of is, is playing quicker. Um, and, you know, being able to utilize it, right? A lot of guys can run a sixty-yard dash. A lot of guys can, you know, uh, on go on a track. But can you read a pitcher, get going quickly, get a jump, get to the bag, that sort of thing? And it seems like he could certainly do that. That's that skill as a base stealer. All of a sudden, looks paramount, or or uh, looks like it's coming coming through.
1: MLB Pipeline moved him into the top ten in the system. Um, they grade him as a forty-five hitter with fifty-five power, but a sixty runner. Fifty arm. I mean, you're talking about yeah. almost categorical
0: big league average tools on his grades, which is pretty legit. Again, that's uh, good for him for turning himself into that. So, especially now, I think let's let's say this all comes true. Right, major league baseball is adopting some of the same things we've seen in the minors: the rule changes, bigger bases, encouraging the stolen base, uh, kind of banning shifts, hoping ball and play, more action. Maybe speed becomes more paramount again. I don't think we're going to see Ricky Henderson, you know, Vince Coleman dueling for you know well over 100 stolen bases again but I do think you might see guys get into the 50s and the 60s uh, uh, you know to, to lead the league like we saw you know a decade ago or so you may see speed be more of a premium thing um as maybe the analytics catch up to, to the value of it so that's really good to see and again I think there's going to be different ways to skin a cat as you kind of go through this new era of baseball that's turned into nothing but true outcomes. I think more and more teams are going to say, well, maybe bat to ball is going to be more important. There's good value there. Maybe some speed is as good as a guy that's going to hit 30 homers. Maybe a 15 guy that's going to steal 40 bases is 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 just as important. We can create runs that way. I like this. I like that that he's uh, getting a nice little reward, a nice little uh boy for uh, you know for a really good campaign in Fredericksburg and a nice little taste of what the next level has to offer.
1: Yeah, you just you, you look at kind of the complete stat line and it, it's. There aren't a lot of guys in the minor leagues that were as good for the first half of the season as he was in Fredericksburg. And when you hit 280 and get on base at a 360 clip and you slug 440 and you have 20 plus doubles and, and double digit home runs and nearly 40 steals, I mean, it's just a, a total package. So, one of 12 players in all the minor leagues to put together a slash line of 280, 358, 436 or better to go along with 39 stolen bases. You can see why they were high on him. In the Nats minor league system, he ranked tied for second uh, in stolen bases. He ranked fourth in on-base percentage, fifth in batting average, fifth in OPS. Uh, he was fifth in runs batted in, sixth in total bases, and set career highs in almost every single category. He was named the Carolina League Player of the Month in May when he hit 372 uh, at that level. Uh, elsewhere, they named their Pitcher of the Year in the minor leagues, and that distinction, I guess not stunningly, went to Cade Cavalli. Got off to a really slow start at AAA Rochester, ended up really picking it up, and then they made him earn it. I mean, they just kept <laughs> him in the minor leagues forever and ever and ever. Eventually, they called him up. He made one start ended up not being healthy enough to pitch after that, and hopefully, knock on wood, you know, he'll be good to go at the start of next season. But Cade Cavalli in the minors, 97 innings and just 75 hits. That's about as dominant as you're going to be at the highest level of the minors from a hit standpoint. 104 strikeouts and 75 hits allowed. Man, you're talking about almost 30 more punchies than hits given up. That's ridiculous. 215 average against. Now the ERA was a little inflated because of some bad luck with walks before, you know, the rare hit you might give up or some crooked numbered home runs. But you, know, you cut down on the walks a little bit, you could really have a dominant front of the rotation type starter. Whip was around 1.2 this year. Um, more fly balls than ground balls from Cade Cavalli. But pitcher of the year and in line to hopefully break camp with the big club next year. Based on what we've seen from this team, I would assume you know they'll start him in AAA and, and wait to get him to the majors. But
0: uh, he's certainly going to be big league ready at the start of the year, hopefully. Uh, you would say so. And remember, there, there was some idea. Now, maybe they didn't think this internally. But maybe there was some idea because he was great in spring training. About maybe breaking, uh, uh, coming back north with the club. Then his last couple outings in spring training, he got shellacked. Then it was AAA for the next, you know, decade, it seemed like, um, as he was there. But that fly ball profile something I wanted to touch on. I think he's going to always be a a fly ball pitcher. Maybe not always. Maybe he'll he'll reinvent himself later on in in his career. But I think that's going to come with the territory of of throwing as hard as he does. You have to play up in the zone. Think Garrett Cole, the new kind of Houston Astros paradigm with that kind of riding fastball and the slider that plays off of it. You're going to be at risk every, every now and again of maybe giving up a bolt here or there just because you're going to be challenging with that fastball, early counts and the like at the major league level. He's, his stuff is just so good that that's the way he's got to be. Uh, I think he's going to be really, 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 really tough to hit. His troubles are going to be because you know he maybe gets into bad counts or walks some guys or, or, or puts guys on uh, through, through sort of lapses in control and command. But the stuff, I think, is just otherworldly. And I want to see him in the major leagues for an extended period of time. Yeah, hopefully for the duration of the year. Defensive
1: player of the year went to infielder Jordy Barley. Uh, you guys may remember that name. He came over at the trade deadline last year as one of the good athletes that they brought in uh, from the Padres. I think he came over in the Daniel Hudson deal, if memory serves. Uh, but he's only 22 years old. He spent this past season uh, in Wilmington in the Sally League. Uh, he didn't really hit at all. He hit 203 with a 545 OPS, Oof. Um, hit two home runs. I mean, he's a— and like I said, he's is a toolsy kind of speed burner of a shortstop uh, who can play the field and, and athletically can offer some things defensively. He stole 34 bases and 38 tries. You know, last year he was 45 for 56, so he, you know, a much more efficient percentage. But he's a career two twenty six hitter in, in now five seasons of minor league baseball. So I'm not sure how much offense is there. You know, there's never been a ton of power. There was some hope. Last year, I saw him at a home run in the minors. He had 10 for the season, but uh, that number really fell off. Uh, this year, his slug for his minor league career is is down around 365. Yikes. And it was 285 this year, so not all that pretty, but he was their defensive minor leaguer of the year, so congratulations to him on that honor. Uh, their base runner of the year was Jacob Young. Jacob Young, who, Danny, uh, we've talked about on the pod a few different times. Um, Jacob Young's a guy who... Is was I should say one of the leaders in all of baseball in runs scored for the Nationals this season. Like there were times where you would look at the 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 stat sheet for runs scored in professional baseball, and it was like him and Aaron Judge vying for the lead. <laughs> That's wild. Um, 118 runs for the Fredericksburg Nats this year for Jacob Young, who is an outfielder, fast, 23 years old, played at Florida was a seventh-round pick and who he was not going to drive the baseball, but he can flat-out run. He had 52 steals in 59 attempts. And, I mean, how Man. starved are the Nats for an athlete like that? Um, but OPS, a little under 700. The guy can f- just fly. He's a really good defensive player. In fact, I was watching a Nats game in Fredericksburg with one of the um, staffers for the team next to me for a couple innings at one point. And I was asking about Jacob Young, and they said, oh, he could play defensively in the big leagues right now and, and help us out a lot. And this is, again, a, a 23-year-old out of Florida in A-ball. But uh, their base runner of the year based on those 52 stolen bases. That How
0: is about wild, it. by the way. Yeah. Yeah, 52 steals. Almost 120 steals. runs scored, man. Yeah, that's, that's insane. Um, just, these are the kind of guys they need to just have somebody Come up and surprise you, yeah. Jacob Young, not in anybody's radar, you know. Uh, as you, was he? You said he was a third round pick out of Florida. Seventh, seventh round pick. There you go. This is what they've been starved for. Not just the first rounders. We talk about the the guys up at the very top, you know, where guys that were drafted a handful of years ago are still in A ball or 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 whatever. They need some of these to supplement the, the bonuses. The guys that you know, listen, they have all these different rounds for a reason. Sometimes they work out. Most of the time, they're me. And they don't work out, and they're zeros and zilches and pudgy and sad and soft and you know uh, cut themselves while taking a shower. Other times, though, somebody makes it. You know, the guy that nobody thought would be any good turns out to be really good and a helpful player. If he could put bat to ball a little bit more, you know, and and, and sort of surprise some people, can you imagine that level of 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 speed and athleticism up, up, up at the show helping somebody? That might be pretty good.
1: Yeah, totally. A uh, couple other guys just with the minor league season ending to call attention to, as far as the minor league affiliates go. Sammy Infante led all the Nats minor leaguers with 17 home runs. 21 years old, spent uh, his season in A-ball with Fredericksburg. We saw Israel Pineda get to the major leagues this season, made an unbelievable meteoric rise. The catcher hit 16 homers. And then it's funny, the two guys after that in the home run rankings for the team, James Wood and Robert Hassel. Uh, James Wood with 12, Robert Hassel with 11. Obviously, almost all those home runs uh, were not hit in the Nationals organization. And you got Jeremy De La Rosa, Yasselin Tuna, and uh, T.J. White behind those guys. As far as stolen bases in the minor leagues, you know we just mentioned uh, what Jacob Young was able to do this year. Um, among their top prospects, De La Rosa's 39 steals uh, among their their top 30 guys led the way. And Tuna stole 27, Hassel stole 24. He told me the uh, second half of this year that he expected to steal a lot more moving forward. James Wood stole 20 bases. And then a couple of pitching notes really quickly. Uh, Mitchell Parker quietly had a fantastic season. We talk about him on the pod from time to time. I think this guy has a chance to be a legitimate major league starter. The problem is that he walks too many batters and he's mm-hmm. got to throw strikes. And that's the whole question with Mitchell Parker, uh, who pitched at the same Juco as Jackson Rutledge. But 100 innings, 76 hits, and 117 strikeouts kind of tell the story for him this year. He was 23 in a plus ball. Uh, made 24 starts, and had a ERA of 2.8. Um, and it was better than that for much of the year. But the whip was really high, 1.4. Yep. 67 walks in 100 innings. So that's, that, that's the whole story that's there. Cut down on that, you got yourself something. Uh, otherwise, arm to look out for Zach Brixey. He's, uh, he's fascinating. He's a reliever, 1.76 ERA this year in 51 games. How about 95 strikeouts in 61 innings? Jeez. 95 Ks in 61 innings. And here's the craziest part about his stat line. Listen to this cuz this is to me the the most impressive stat line of anyone in the Nat system this year. 95 strikeouts in 61 innings, 33 hits. Whoa. Insanity, right? Okay. Uh okay. didn't get drafted. What would have been drafted? So there was a five round draft in the 2020 pandemic. Oh, yeah, the weird year, Pretty right? Pretty sure this is the guy that went to Virginia Tech and then he uh wasn't get drafted didn't get drafted that year very much would have been otherwise, but a 170 ERA, just someone I wanted to call Dang. some attention to. Obviously, Jose Ferrer ended up pitching in the Futures game, filled in for Cavalli. He finished the year with a 2.40 ERA. Will be a big league reliever probably sometime next year at a sub-1 whip. Um, yeah, I'll be curious to see if Brixie, you know, certainly Ferrer, Matt Cronin, some of those guys, maybe it's Evan Lee who got to the big leagues this year, kind of help out in the bullpen uh, next season at some point in Washington. All right, uh, Darius, what else do we got here? Any uh, We got anything to read? We got anything nice being said about us?
0: Nothing not, Nothing new on the review end. Just want to make sure that you are uh, letting your friends know about and Loose Baseball. We're going to be doing this thing throughout the offseason as well. Rate, review, subscribe. Of course, if you review, we will read your five-star reviews.
1: So that's a friendly way of telling us no one said anything nice about us this that week. That was a nice way week. to do it. Not yeah. this week. It's not this week. This I mean, week. guys, no. what is going on here? Not let so, up. I'm let down. Do we have to personally send, like, baked goods or something? Is is a shout-out not enough? Don't offer that, because okay. I, can, I can't cook. Me either. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, your wife makes... Great cookies. I mean, we could have her do that. That would be amazing. All right, so we're announcing this on this episode. We'll do a drawing. No, I guess we won't do that.
1: (laughs) My wife's going to be like, what? I have to do what for who? (laughs)
0: Yeah. Uh, Do you want
1: to, for a minute, real quick, tell everyone your story about your hand? So I was naked.
0: Right? So I was naked. I want everyone to keep that in mind. If you got this far on the podcast, you deserve to know that. I'm in the shower, which, again, pretty reasonable to be naked in the shower. And I go to close the shower door. It was the uh, like you know those double doors, like a sliding glass door for for the shower. And the one that is closer, there's they're layered. So the one that's closer to the water is the one that I was going to close. Seems all very reasonable so far, right? So as I'm, I'm grabbing it uh, by the handle and I move it from left to right across your radio dial, and it hits a little bit of a snag. Oh no! Right, and I don't think anything of it until the instant it hit that snag. The glass door absmurfly shattered. Shattered everywhere. Nothing but raining glass down on my naked person, onto the ground, uh, the, the floor of the shower, floor of the bathroom. Everything is covered in glass. And pretty soon I realize, oh crap, I'm bleeding everywhere. I have probably 25 different cuts uh all over my body. Again, nothing vital was cut, but I try to figure out which cut is worse, which is which is better. Not none of them are better. And I realized pretty quickly that my thumb, my left thumb, had a giant, giant gash in it. That was the one that was bleeding the most, but they're all bleeding, really. And I was in there for about 15 minutes, smacking the wall, uh, like Ray Liotta's character in Goodfellas, hoping that somebody might come be able to rescue me, because I couldn't walk, because there was nothing but glass on the ground. And if I moved at all, I'd be stepping on glass, like Andy Lennox. So finally, my buddy Quinn hears me, comes in. He and I have been friends since kindergarten. We're close, but we're a lot closer now because he's seen me naked, wet, and bloody. And he throws some towels on the ground, and I'm able to get out of there. I shower again to get the glass off of me, but had to go to the emergency room in Austin, Texas, to get stitched up by uh, the the doc down there that was presiding. It still cost $1,000 even after the deductible. Hospitals, man.
1: Hospitals, man. Uh, happy to have you alive and on the podcast and uh, bandaged up and able to chat with us. By the way, not a joke. The Nationals just ran into another out on the base paths while you were telling that story.
0: Well, they were winning in the game, right? So they could afford to lose the out? No, they're losing? Great.
1: They were not terrific in the game. This has been Bustin' Loose Baseball. We'll be back at it next week. Thanks for listening.